to Queers Did That, a queer history podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. I'm Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you doing today? I'm good. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know. You know, rainy day. Yes, it is pretty rainy and gross out, so we are not going outside. <laughs> not that that's going to stop <laughs> us when it's nice out. <laughs> We're inside gigs. <laughs> yes. What can I say? Besides that. You just said you said it all. I think I did. Yep. Yeah. All right. It's a great episode. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for wa- watching. Thanks I for listening. Not. I hope nobody's watching. I mean, Amazon is. Oh, no, they're probably just listening. Well, no. No, now they can. I think there's a camera on there. They can there is it. a camera. Yeah, so yeah. now they can see us. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay, though. Today, we're going to talk about John E. Fryer. Johnny Fryer. John, yep. Johnny Fryer? Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess that you have no idea who this is. Only because, like, last week you gave me, like, a slight snippet, I remember. Yeah. But honestly, I don't remember what the context was. I feel like it had to do with Philadelphia, though. It does have to do with Philadelphia. So that's all I got. I mean, it's not bad. Thank you. He was an american psychiatrist and gay rights activist <laughs> i remember now <laughs> best known for his anonymous speech at the 1972 psychiatric association annual conference where he ap- appeared in disguise under the name dr henry anonymous so like when you say in disguise like did he have like the 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 round glasses and the the mustache and the nose no he's that was the picture of the guy in the mask that i showed you this oh was that creepy. was really creepy yeah yes, I remember people now. said that it might be it might have been a richard nixon mask but like distorted Ooh, uh, it was creepy either way yeah i don't i don't think it yeah um We'll get into it more, but I think they use like some, like he did other interviews that day, but they use like a voice modifier. You can post that picture on the Instagram. Yeah. Oh yes, we now have Instagram. That <laughs> queer said that. <laughs> Plug. Yeah. Fryer was born in Winchester, Kentucky, to Ursel Ray Fryer. That's what the E is in his name, Ursel. E R C E L. Ursel. Is that that's how you would say? I don't sure. And Catherine Zemter Fryer. Zemter? Zemter. Zemter. Z E M P T E R. Zemter. Yes. He was in second grade at his elementary school at five, which is pretty impressive, mm. and graduated high school at 15. Mm. And at 19, earned a bachelor's degree from Transylvania University in Lexington. Tr- Transylvania University. <sighs> I knew you were going to have a hard time with this. <laughs> okay go on he received his medical degree at vanderbilt Mm -hmm. university Mm -hmm. in nashville Mm -hmm. and did his medical internship at ohio state the ohio state (laughs) 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 i made a football joke good job he began his residency at menninger foundation in topeka kansas but left because of the advice of a psychoanalyst because he was depressed because he was gay and having to hide the fact that he was gay. Right. Fryer later des- described uh, Manger as having, quote, a lot of homophobia, unsurprisingly. 
He moved to Philadelphia. Yay. Where he held a residency at the University of Pennsylvania. Yay. But was forced to leave because of his homosexuality. Oh, no. <laughs> he completed his residency in 1967 at Norristown State Hospital. Weird. W- weird, what, University of Penn or? Well, Norristown, like, one, I didn't realize they had a, well, I guess they would I mean, this is the 60s. That's true. There was probably but also, a- you just feel like a hospital, like, in the city would be more progressive than out in the suburbs you're assuming like academia is somehow more progressive than it probably is in some respects i guess especially in the 60s i mean my bad i guess well no well this is the thing like this was a part of the it was seen as an illness so you're going to have the general middle of the road quote-unquote school of thought being that it's a disease and it's, you know, something that can be cured. Mm-hmm. So th- that was common. That was a common thought process and understanding. Right. So around the same time in the mid '60s, Fryer began to receive referrals from the the George Henry Foundation uh, to help those quote who, by reason of sexual deviation, are in trouble with themselves, the law, or society. End quote. To tr- treat homosexual men who have run afoul in the law. Oh my. I, that's not my phrasing. Mm-hmm. And to testify on their behalf. And after he finished his residency in 1967, he joined the medical f- um, faculty at Temple. Mm. Yay. And in January of 1969, he started as an instructor of psychiatry there. So he's a teacher. Mm-hmm. He did not have tenure, which is one of the reasons why he hid his face during the conference. That because. Makes sense. You know, he worked in commu- the community health center in North Philadelphia, and became active in the healthcare and human values task force, using five thousand dollar grant to create a group he called. This is Latin, and I'm not gonna be able to say it. You'll probably be able to say it. It's A R S Ars Moriendi. Let me take a look here. Let's see. Yeah, Ars Moriendi. Yeah, you got it. Oh, cool. Good job. I wasn't the Latin nerd, so. Mm. But it was used to deal with the professional reaction to death and dying. Oh, that makes sense. More Andy. Mm. Yeah. That's what that, that's the root of that. Yeah, we're going to go with that. This later became the International Work Group on Death, Dying, and Bereavement. So he started that. Jeez, kids, can you lighten up a little back there? I mean, he's, (laughs) sure. Okay. The speech... He gave the speech in 1972. Homosexuality was still listed as a mental illness. And uh, a socio- sociopathic personality disturbance, according to the second edition of the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, also known as DSM, which I will be referring to as because <laughs> you don't want to say that it's over a mouthful. Again. okay yeah, no that's, that's so that, but that's what i'm referring to that's okay. the dsm this second edition was published in 1968 fryer was the first gay american psychiatrist to speak publicly about his sexuality in 1970 there was a protest at an american psychiatric association event in san francisco on aversion therapy which Barbara Giddings was also involved with, so this is kind of how they link up. Mm -hmm. 
and she was quoted saying at the protest, quote, stop talking about us and start talking with us. Mm-hmm. You know, little things. In 1971, at the 1971 convention, Giddings organized a panel discussion on, quote, lifestyles of non-patient homosexuals, which was chaired by gay Harvard University astronomer uh, Dr. Franklin Kameni, who we've mentioned in other um, episodes, who had just lost his job to the federal government because he was gay. Hmm. In a planned protest, members of the APA's Gay Liberation and Radical Caucus, I just, that's a rad name. I just wanted to stop and say that. Radical Caucus? Yeah, the Gay Liberation and Radical Caucus. <laughs> See, the, they seized the microphone. Committee announced the APA's, quote, oppression of homosexuals by psychiatry, um, calling it, quote, the enemy incarnate. This was part of Kameni's long-standing protest about the diagnosis of homosexuality and declared, quote, not a disease, a pathology, a sickness, malfunction, or disorder of any sort. So this is kind of the building blocks to what happens a year after. Mm-hmm. So this, per- and, and normally it, this isn't something, like this session isn't something that happened every year, but because of that protest, they had the session in 1972 to discuss this. Well, was this... But this wasn't part of the protest. This was, like, an official, like, thing by the APA or whatever. The the, The panel. The panel was created by Giddings, but there was a planned protest within the group of people who belonged to the APA. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, like, the head head of APA, that wasn't a sanctioned thing. Right. But the group of the American Psychiatric Association... Um, they're the one who organized it. In 1972, they had their annual meeting, and there was a specific s- session on homosexuality and mental illness because of the protest the year prior. Entitled, quotes, Psychiatry, Friend or Foe to the Homosexual, a Dialogue, which included Canadian Giddings on the panel. panel. Giddings' partner, Kay Lahusen, had noted that the panel that... The panel had gays who were not psychiatrists and psychiatrists who were not gay. Gotcha. So Giddings went to find Both. a gay yeah. psychiatrist. Right. That's when she contacted Fryer mm-hmm. and convinced him to appear. He, Fryer later said that the recent death of his father was one factor in his decision to accept the invitation, but because of him being fired and kicked out multiple times because he was gay, he wanted to be disguised. Mm-hmm. And Giddings agreed. He was listed as Dr. H. Anonymous, <laughs> which later expanded to Dr. Henry Anonymous. I don't know. the pro- It doesn't tell me the progression of that. Yeah. And Fire appeared on stage wearing a rubber joke shop face mask, mm. which they said, again, looked like it was described as a Richard Nixon mask that had been altered, but regardless, it was a weird joke shop mask. It was, that was so creepy. I think it makes it worse because it was, like, black and white. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. A, he wore a wig, a baggy tuxedo, and spoke through a microphone that distorted his voice. Oh, wow. Okay. Because you you have to think, is like, in the field, his voice is probably... A lot of his, like, colleagues are probably... Would there. recognize yeah. his voice. Yeah. And at this point, he hadn't, it took years for him, people thought it was him for a very long time, but he never actually said it was him until, like, the early 2000s. Oh, wow. 
I'm going to read some of the speech that he said. If you go read the speech, there's definitely language that is not great, but obviously was written in 1962. I thought it was 70. 72. Yeah. 1972. <laughs> so. 50 years ago, basically. Yeah. Be as it may, just for warning when going down that road. Yeah. I'm only going to read excerpts, so I don't have to say those words. Great. And also you can read yourselves i'm going to assume so maybe maybe it starts as quote thank you dr robinson i am a homosexual i am a psychiatrist i like most of you in this room am a member of the apa and proud of that membership however tonight i am insofar as it is possible a we i attempt to speak for many of my fellow gay members of the apa as well as for myself when we gather at these conventions, we somehow, we have somewhat gimly come to call ourselves the gay PA. <laughs> That's funny. And several, several of us feel that it is time that the real flesh and blood stand up before this organization and ask to be listened to and understood insofar as that is possible. Mm. I, am I am in disguise tonight in order that I might speak freely without conjuring up too much regard on your part about the particular who, whom I happen to be. I do that mostly for your own protection. I can assure you that I could be any one of more than 200 psychiatrists registered at this convention, and the curious among you should avoid all risk of paranoia, cease attempting to figure out who I am, and listen to what I have to say. So that's a part of his speech. Mm -hmm. It was not a very long speech either. It was pretty much... But, like, what did he have to say? Like, was he, like... Basically, if to, to summarize, it is that basically, like, the main focus was that, like, gay psychiatrists exist and they should work within gay communities and things that really, as not a way of, like, deviancy and, like, not seen as, like, homosexuality being bad. Mm -hmm. Something generally. to cure. Yeah. So it ends with, for, quote, if for they were truly comfortable with their own homosexuality, then they could be comfortable with ours. We must therefore use our skills and wisdom to help them and grow to be comfortable with that little piece of humanity called homosexuality. Mm. Again, again, one of the reasons why he stayed anonymous, he also was at the staff position of Friends Hospital. Oh, Quakers? Yeah. But was forced to leave because of his, quote, flamboyance. <laughs> An administrator told him, quote, if you were gay and not flamboyant, we would keep you. If you were flamboyant and not gay, we would keep you. <laughs> Since you are both gay and flamboyant, we cannot keep you. Oh, my God. And this man who said this to him was in the front row of the his 1972 speech as Dr. Anonymous, who this guy did not recognize mm. as Friar again, because you had the voice modification. So this right. is obviously someone that would recognize who he was if he didn't have that modification. Yeah. Apparently, there was a hundred gay psychiatrists at this convention. When on like part of the speech is how he described the lives of many guys, gay psychiatrists in APA, their fear of discrimination, and also suggested that gay psychiatrists could quote creatively challenge prejudice in their profession without disclosing their sexuality and help gay patients adjust to a society that considered their sexual orientation a mental illness. Right. There was other 
panelists that agreed that psychiatric establishment towards homosexuality was wrong. Like, just like straight, straightos? Yeah, I think so. Gotcha. The APA's vice president at the time and later president, Dr. Judd Marmor, said, quote, I must concede that psychiatry is prejudiced and has been charged. Psychiatric means more... Psychiatric more reflects the predominant social mores of the culture. He also wrote, quote, In a democratic society, we recognize the rights of such individuals to have widely divergent religious preferences as long as they do not attempt to force their beliefs on others who do not share them. Our attitudes towards divergent sexual preferences, however, are quite different, obviously because moral values couched in, quote, medical and scientific rationalizations are involved. Hmm. So you have some forward-thinking minds yeah at that time after the whole panel discussion fire appeared for two hours on a local talk show as dr anonymous with his voice disguised and it was broadcast later in from one of the gay bars in the area (laughs) some people knew it was him some of his colleagues knew it was him oh but he did not formally acknowledge it until the apa's 1994 convention oh wow so it was 22 years. He was. Some people knew, but he didn't actually say, you know. Yeah. It me. <laughs> so wait, so did this convention happen in Philadelphia? Or was it... 1972 was in Honolulu. Honolulu? What a weird location. Sure. I mean, I think it switches around. But the 1994 convention was in Philadelphia. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Homosexuality was removed from the DSM in 1973, a year after his speech, leading to the Philadelphia Bulletin, which is not no longer a newspaper, with the headline, quote, homosexuals gain instant cure. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. very Philadelphian at the same time. <laughs> and many people obviously cited Fire's speech as being one of the catalysts to this change. Giddings said, quote, his speech shook up psychiatry. He was the right person at the right time. Fire wrote in 1995 for a newsletter of the Association of Gay and Lesbian Psychiatrists that it was, quote, something that had to be done and central event in my career. I had been thrown out of residency because I was gay. I lost a job because I was gay. It now has to be said, but I couldn't do it as me. I was not yet full time on Temple facility. I am now tenured and tenured by a chairman who knows I'm gay. That's how things have changed. Wow, yeah. This little tidbit that is interesting and could be a whole different uh, topic unto itself, but I thought this was... Interesting is probably the best word to use. Okay. So, since homosexuality has been removed from the DSM, there's been a group of people who have protested it every year at the APA meetings. Mm-hmm. Ex-gay activists. Oh. Not what you were expecting. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense because then they can be like, oh, no, we were just... Yeah, they, they're they protesting to have it classified as a mental disorder. Right. Because they well, then have since been cured of said mental disorder because that's how mental disorders work anyway. Oh, yeah, totally. You can just be cured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't tried smiling soon enough. Yep. But, yeah. Dum-dums. Someone said every other, quote, every other group wants their diagnosis taken out. They want theirs back in. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, there's... Fire became 
of Professor Temple um, of Psychiatry and Family and Community Medicine. He specialized in treatment of drug and alcohol addiction, as well as death and bereavement. He be, later in his career, he began treating gay men with AIDS who were dying, seeing them in his office, home office rather than as practice of Temple for confidentiality He was involved in setting up Physicians in Transition, Temple's Family Life Development Center, and the APA's International Work Group on Death, Dying, and Bereavement, and the Philadelphia AIDS Task Force. Hmm. He retired from Temple in 2000. Still alive, though? No. Oh. Um, (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. In 2002, it was reported that he had accepted a position at a hospital in Australia, but he never took the post. Mm -hmm. He was being treated for diabetes and pulmonary sarcoidosis. I don't know. And um, died from pneumonia in 2003. I'm I'm sorry. It's okay. It just seemed like, you know, this this was a a possible, you know, somebody that's still alive type thing. Yeah. No. No. I'm sorry. It's okay. The John Farr Award was established in 2005 which honors an individual who has contributed to improving the mental health of sexual minorities. And he also has a historical marker in Philadelphia, one mm-hmm. of the many historical markers at 13th and Locust Streets. Makes sense, yep. Yeah, so a bit of Philadelphia gay history, a lot of gay history residing in Philadelphia, which is, I think, something that's really cool that not that many people know. Yeah. No. Cool story. Yeah, Girl. so that was the <laughs> But it was actually cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I mean I definitely didn't know about um you know, a lot of the stuff with the DSM. And apparently the vote for it, it people voted on it and but the organization decided to take it out and then the vote was on supporting the decision or not supporting the decision. Gotcha. So it wasn't, people didn't vote to take it out necessarily as mm-hmm. people think, but it was taken out regardless. Well, yeah, but like the vote, but like obviously they voted to keep it out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't obviously don't know the interworkings of the APA, what would have happened if they voted to disagree with <laughs> the hierarchy of it. Right. But I, I thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit too. Yeah. Because I think it's something, this was like 1973. So, my mom was, like, a sophomore in high school, and, like, this stuff was going on. I just think it was interesting. It's not that far removed. Yeah. I think a lot of, and I think that's any history that happens, I mean, especially now, it's 2020, anything that's, I mean, literally almost 50 years ago, half a century ago. Yep. And it's definitely something I had taken for granted that it didn't exist in the dsm yeah um because all of our lives it hadn't people like john fryer putting on a mask and being like i'm a gay psychiatrist bitch yeah it's pretty good yeah especially the fact that he didn't have tenure and good for temple for having him be out to people and not firing him i'm looking at you university of pennsylvania (laughs) 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 just saying yeah no that's cool yeah so i think that's our show if you have any comments or questions you can email us at queers did that you can tweet us at 
Queers Did That. We have an Instagram now, like I said before, at Queers Did That. Weird. Yeah, that's, that's almost like there's a pattern or something. <laughs> <laughs> and you can check out our website, queersdidthat.com. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And until next time, make gay history and make history gay. Any hoozles. <laughs> Tran- transition. <laughs> There's no good way to transition from corporations and the police state. But anywho. Oh.